sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. We're delighted to have you along with us today. And we are this week looking at a five-part series in which we're talking about the authenticity of the Word of God, the accuracy of the Word of God, and the authority of the Word of God. We're talking about the Bible that is referred to in the Bible as the Holy Scripture. And we believe we have every reason to lay claim to the fact that the Bible is the Word of God. I told you earlier in the week that it is inspired, it is infallible, it is absolutely inerrant, it is, in fact, God's precious, pure, powerful Word. So, yesterday we looked at that passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So if we want to develop into maturity, and that's what that word perfect means in that verse, it has to do with maturity, not with sinlessness, but it has to do with our developing and growing in our Christian life. And the way that we do grow is by letting the Word of God be our source of information, be our guide for living, and when we do that, things just develop in a real good way like they need to do. Now, we're going to look a little bit further in that today. Remember all week, I've looked at that passage in Jeremiah chapter 37, where the king asked the prophet, is there any word from the Lord? And the very simple, straightforward answer is, there is. That is, yes, there is word from the Lord. And you and I need to understand that the Lord has, through his precious word that he's inspired and given to us, given his word on all the kinds of things that you and I need. In fact, if you look at the authority of the word of God like you look at a stethoscope, you know, when you go to see a doctor and he puts that stethoscope against your bare skin, and uh, usually it's kind of cold, and you know that he's listening to your breathing, he's listening to your pulse. Well, the word of God is somewhat like a stethoscope in that it probes within you. Whenever you are thinking The Word of God has impact upon your thinking. It will penetrate your being. It will focus itself on you in such a way that what you are inside will be impacted by what you have in the Word of God out on the outside. Not only like a stethoscope, but the Word of God can be compared also to a microscope in that when you look through the lens of the microscopic Word of God, it really examines and enhances the details. The microscope will kind of puff things up, things that you may not think are all that big a deal. It'll enhance it so that you can see it clearly and get the picture that you need to get. And so, yes, like a stethoscope, like a microscope, and I'm going to also say like a telescope, because if you want to see the details of the moon, or if you want to see other things out in the distance in the sky, you use a telescope that looks beyond and sees what you cannot see with the naked eye. And so it is that the Bible provides us a look into the future that tells us things that we need to know about what will be coming on the tomorrows that may stretch into years or even centuries. The Bible is very, very clear in giving us a picture like that. So if you let me use this analogy, a stethoscope, 
a microscope and a telescope, it tells us something about the great, great ministry of the Bible to us. It provides some very definite things for us, so much so that it will be transformative in your life. It'll change your heart first, and then it will change your life. You cannot get really great change made. I'm not about the kind of change that everybody ought to have. You cannot get the change from bad to good. You cannot get the change from immoral to moral. You cannot get the change from darkness to light unless you have that transforming work called conversion, the new birth, salvation. That comes when you inside make the commitment. I mean, it changes your heart and you make the heartfelt decision to entrust your well-being and your eternity to the Savior. And when you get your heart changed, then you're on solid ground for seeing wonderful, constructive changes in your life. And dear friend, nobody has ever said, I began to study geology and as a result of that, my whole life has changed. Nobody has said, I studied American history, and as a result of that, my whole life was changed. Nobody has said, I began to study mathematics or astronomy or because that I studied a language or two or three. Nobody gets the conversion that they need. Nobody gets that definite commitment of life simply because they're studying some thing, some subject some object. No, it doesn't come that way. No, but I'll tell you what does change it. Many, many millions of people over the years through the centuries have been literally transformed by reading the book that we call the Bible. Now, I have a lot of books in my library, in fact, several thousand of them, and not all of them are on subjects related to faith. I have a pretty significant library of books on uh, presidential history. In fact, uh, write about a thousand of them that I have accumulated over the years, and uh, I enjoy reading them. I enjoy studying uh, history, American history especially, and presidential history especially. But I'm just telling you, I have never known anyone who was transformed, their whole life was changed, and they got a testimony and began to live a good, solid, godly Christian life and had great hope for eternity because that they studied history along the way whether it be something specific or history in general. No, it just doesn't happen. But I'm telling you what does happen, dear friend. When the Word of God is read, when it is studied, it becomes something so very, very special that it will have impact. Now, I'm well aware, sometimes people read the Bible and then they turn away from it. And I remind you of that little expression, I think you've heard me use it before, the same sunlight that hardens clay melts butter. Or if it melts butter, it also hardens clay. So not everybody's going to respond in a positive manner, but I'm telling you, the millions of people over the centuries who have responded positively, they have found that the Word of God is exactly what it claims to be. When Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, when you study the Bible, you're going to find that's the case. It's the reason some people turn away from it. It's too sharp for them. It's too alive for them. It's too powerful for them. And they simply do not want what it affords for them. But it is something so very, very special. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1 that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So here's another thing. Sometimes people listen to the word of God and they know what it says. They have gotten understanding about the text 
But at the same time, they make a mental decision. They make a choice in which they say, well, I don't think I will do that. I've even heard people that I'm fairly certain were good, solid Christian people. They read the Bible, and then they say, well, you know, I'm going to pray about that. Now, you'll give me some liberty here to say to you that uh, if you begin praying about something the Bible is very clear about, I think you're off the mark. Uh, Now, if you want to pray for strength to do it, I'm all for that. If you want to pray that the Lord will enable you and help you to stay faithful to it, I'll be all encouraging you to do that. But if you're going to pray about whether or not you're going to do what the Word says, then I think you're wasting your time praying because that simply is not something you need to be praying in regard to. When the Bible says, be ye doers of the Word, that's simple enough that everybody can understand it, and we ought not to just be listening and say, well, yeah, I know it's in the Bible, but I don't plan to do that. Dear friend, you and I will do ourselves well whenever we just decide to listen to God, learn from that, and then let Him have His way with us. We will be on good, solid ground. And sometimes I hear people say, well, there's things in the Bible I don't understand. Well, let me remind you that there is a verse in the Bible that says we're to desire the sincere milk of the Word. And sometimes people early in their Christian life think they ought to be able to digest the meat when really what they need to do is stick with the simpler matters, the milk of the Word, and let things develop, and eventually they'll be able to handle the meat. I have a little great-granddaughter that's uh, just seven or eight months of age at this point, and, uh, you know, she is uh, not really eating steak and potatoes yet. She's really not sitting down to the table and just eating everything that uh, is on the table. That's just not the way that a newborn does. We instead provide a special menu for her that would be the thing appropriate for any young baby that's freshly born into the world. And so it is with your freshly being born into the family of God. You take the milk of the Word before you try to ingest the meat of the Word. But we ought to desire to listen to what God has to say and take those things that we can handle early on in our Christian life. As I look through the Bible, too, I find other passages that uh, bear some weight on the things that you and I need to pick up on. And, uh, for example, the Bible says that we ought to preach the Word— That is specific instruction, of course, to those of us that have given our life to the preaching of the Word, and uh, we need to just determine we're going to give out the truth of God's Word and do it as often as we possibly can. That's why on this broadcast every single day, if you've been listening to me, you know that I try to be plain, I try to be pointed, I try to give you in as clear a language as I possibly can everything that I know about whatever passage it is that we may happen to be looking at at the moment. And you and I need to do that. It needs to happen on Sunday. Whenever you come to church Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night, you need to know that the plain truth of the Word of God is going to be given as the preacher, the pastor, the evangelist, whoever's handling the pulpit, that particular service. We need to know they're going to give us the clear teachings of the Word of God. The Bible says the Word ought to be preached. And I know sometimes I've heard it, you've heard it, people say, oh, don't preach to me. Well, it's exactly what we need. And whenever we say don't preach to me, it's probably a good indication we need to get with it and do it. Whether you want it or not, you need it. And whenever you're resisting it, well, you're resisting what you need to hear. Now, the Bible tells us very clearly that the Word of God is not bound. That is, given the opportunity 
When we present the Word of God, it will do things that will just enable us. It'll strengthen us. It will enable us to get loose from the ties that Satan has on us. And we need to know that even though the messenger might be imprisoned, the Word of God is not imprisoned. We need to know that even though we are many times handicapped maybe by lack of money or lack of this or lack of that, Nonetheless, if we'll give out the Word of God, the Word of God will not come back to us void, the Bible tells us in another place, and we can give the Word out with full expectancy that it's going to accomplish that which it is intended to accomplish. Now, here's what needs to happen. You and I need to know it. Down in our heart, we need to know what the Bible has to say, and then we need to stow it deep inside. We need to know it, get the information, and then take it in, ingest it, stow it in our heart, and then show it in our life every single day. I mean, if you walk into a fast food place, don't go in there and try to hide your Christianity. Just be open, be uh, smiling, be radiant. Don't hesitate to say God bless you to people around you. Don't hesitate to let folks know that you are saved, that you are a Christian, that you are walking with the Lord. And so we need to know the Word of God. We need to stow the Word of God. We need to show the Word of God, and we need to sow the Word of God. That is, we need to tell other people about what we have and what we have found and what we know to be the truth here in this passage, that we're looking at all of these passages, all of the Word of God. So, dear friend, it is important for us to say, as Jeremiah did, yes, there is a word from the Lord. And I trust that just looking at this, the authenticity, the accuracy, and the authority of the Bible will help us. One more session of this tomorrow, so I hope that you'll be with me as we look at another segment of this great subject on the broadcast tomorrow. In the meantime, do write me a note. Let me know that you hear the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And do check us out on our website at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.